You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. As promised, this question and answer edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast, taking all of your fall camp preview questions from Pony Stampede subscribers and answering them all in one fell swoop. SMU is taking the practice field on this Friday morning for their first practice. They'll be in shorts and t-shirts for a bit and then eventually put on the pads uh, later this month after a few practices, but wanted to go ahead and answer these questions for you guys before that got going. But first, keep it locked to PonyStampede.com for all coverage of SMU's fall camp. We'll have you guys covered with player interviews, Sonny Dykes, what he says, uh, notebooks, so be sure to check that out. We'll also be rolling out the first look at our depth chart next week, kind of projecting where we see things going in camp for the Mustangs. And look, let's just jump right in. We're going right down the list of questions and giving you answers uh, for from Pony Stampede subscriber questions. If you're not a sub- subscriber, check us out. Subscribe for just one buck to get this entire month of fall camp covered with all your inside scoop on what's happening with the Mustangs. Let's lead off. Milo's Chef. Great username. Always love to hear from Milo's. Where will Jimmy Phillips figure into Jim Levitt's defensive scheme? Outside linebacker or more backup inside linebacker? I've been hoping he might break out. From what I heard earlier this summer, Jimmy Phillips is going to remain inside at this point. And I think that's the right move right now. If you look at the outside linebacker spots, you've got guys like Kiki Burns, Trevor Denbo, even maybe Delano Robinson factoring in there, depending on how they play some certain schemes. On top of that, with the boundary outside linebacker spot being more of a rush ends, guys like Jaden Jones, Nelson Paul, um, you know, Toby and Duckway, all those guys, Gary Wiley, kind of factoring in there. It's kind of a crowded position, Turner Cox. And so I think the more natural thing for them to do is to put them in, put him inside. He was actually able to, to kind of trim up a little bit uh, to, to do that. So he's got some size to him now after being with Kaz Kazadi for a minute. But I still think right now, heading into fall camp, he could play inside primarily. Don't be surprised if you see him move around, but I, I, I'm hearing inside right now. Texas Mustang asks, who is your pick for most likely to steal a starting job from a sta- from an established starter? The easiest pick is Marcus Bryant. Uh, you look at Jalen Thomas sliding inside to play left guard in the spring. That's the very natural pick uh, for me is Marcus Bryant ending up as your starting left tackle. Uh, that job uh, might not be the only one on the offensive line that could be taken. I mean, you look at Justin Osborne kicking out to take over for the starting uh, right tackle spot. Uh, Bo Morris uh, could be moved around a little bit, um, depending on the camp he has. There's a lot of positions up for grabs on that offensive line, but the easiest one is Marcus Bryant uh, being your starting left tackle. They already kicked Jalen Thomas inside for that. Um, On the defensive side of the ball, I would probably say Jahari Rogers taking um, a, a starting spot you know, maybe over Armani Johnson, potentially. Uh, I know Armani's had a really good summer, but um, you look at the talent level of a Brandon Crosley, I, I would 
I think it's tough for him to overtake uh, Brandon Crosley and what he did last year, especially too. Um, but I could see Jahari Rogers ending up as a starter. Still, those those guys in the cornerback room are going to end up playing starter-like uh, snaps because they do want to rotate them to keep the wear and tear on those guys down. Ed Watu asks, what are you excited for? What are some of the changes fans should look for uh, when watching on things like offense, defense, uh, offense, defensive scheme compared to last year? Uh, well, first of all, I'm excited for the offensive line. I, I think that group is going to be fun to see come together because, and on top of that, it's going to be an ongoing position battle. I really do think, you know, whoever goes out there week one as your starter, odds are might not be there, uh, you know, even week two, week three. Uh, I think it's a position group that is just that competitive right now. Um, in terms of changes, uh, I'll focus primarily on defense. I think you're going to see a little bit more aggressive uh, play calling uh, downs one through three versus where we saw Kevin Kane at times dial up. I mean, not to like, you know, stroke him off too much, but perfect play calls on a third down or fourth down. You look at TCU, you look at Houston, those games in the past where he was able to come up with the perfect play call in, in big situations to get a stop that SMU needed. You know, you can break down his defensive up and downs all you want. But um, I think Jim Levitt, with his experience, with his just natural turnarounds that he's led at a lot of places defensively, especially in year one, I think he's got a chance to to be more aggressive, downs one through three, just knowing how to set things up with his defense and how he calls plays. Uh, I just think that's going to be the biggest uh, scheme change. I think it's going to be a little bit more aggressive. I think you're going to see bigger guys on the field um, in a way up front. Uh, and then I think you're going to see more rotation in the secondary at the corner position because of there's them there being depth there um, in general. Uh, the linebacker room is really intriguing to me because it is more of a traditional 3-4 type of defense from what I understand, you know, a bigger guy playing that boundary outside linebacker spot, um, you know, a stand-up pass rusher versus where it, it was kind of more of a fox in a way that they had in Kevin Kane's defense. Uh, even though they played it a little differently, they almost played it like a nickel. You, in my opinion, it almost should have been a, ne- a nickel spot. You know, you had Pat Nelson there who played it his best. He came in as a safety, bulked up. He was he was like a really fast linebacker. You know, playing that spot, uh, that that fox position. But it seems like they're going to be more of a uh, on the line of scrimmage boundary outside linebacker there. At least from what I've seen, you know, this league is a pass happy league, but depending on what they do in the secondary with uh, some of these, you know, maybe a corner going back to safety or something, uh, they could be a little bit more versatile up front and, and maybe go get after the passer a little bit more. Offensively, I think one, your screen game uh, can continue to develop. Um, I think the offensive line progressing uh, like it's expected to, if that happens, the run game could be a little different. The quarterbacks being involved in the run game far more than Shane Bouchelle was will be something to watch. I think Grant Calcaterra is an X factor and just how they use him, split him out, um, you know, use him on the end line, things like that. Uh, it's going to be uh, uh, something where they could be a little bit more creative and mismatches with Grant Calcaterra, kind of similar to Kylan Granson, but they're just kind of two different guys. You know, Grant's kind of a leaner, more uh, pass catching tight end, whereas Kylan was a big body who bulked up, you know, former wide receivers had, had plenty of sp- speed, but, you know, could have had could have had his hand in the dirt a little bit more 
um, with his size. So I just think those are some of the little details that uh, we'll notice uh, differently in, in this year's uh, schemes. And another Milo's Chef question, who's lining up in the slot when Danny is on the outside? Is that a position battle in which Curly has a significant leg up on the competition uh, over some of the other options like Roderick Daniels? This question, I think, is one thing where we can watch and see kind of what happens in fall camp. You know, they've worked Danny Gray inside in the slot. Um, he was successful there. Uh, you know, when he played last year, they've also played him outside. They moved guys around when Reggie got hurt. So let's see what happens when Reggie Robertson is back on the field versus, um, you know, working off in the side with spring. Jordan Curley has become an excellent slot, slot option. Roderick Daniels has done some really good things in the summer. But uh, before we pigeonhole somebody into one spot in fall camp, I do think uh, that's something that is still a little bit up in the air. Um, but look, I mean, you could move Rasheed Rice in there too, um, because if there's one thing they're not they're not going to touch, it's Reggie Robertson. But I'll say this, and this has been a trend in college football, is your best receivers are starting to play more and more in the slot. The only reason why I would say Reggie Robertson is not going to do that is because he is just so good in a straight line, boom, go get it, um, outrun whoever he's going up against. And Danny has that speed too. But in terms of his shiftiness, I think he's a little bit more elusive. Sonny Dykes has compared him to CeeDee Lamb. Um, I would honestly compare him a little bit to Jamar Chase, who played in the slot in LSU's 2019 offense. Um, so I, I'm not ready to pigeonhole Danny, Hull, Danny uh, Gray into the outside spot. I think he's too explosive, uh, too elusive. Uh, having all that field to work with, a personal, my personal opinion is they should keep him at slot. But Jordan Curley is an excellent option there. Played uh, great in the spring once he got healthy. Jack Arrow asks, uh, what true and redshirt freshmen are expected to contribute this year? As far as true freshmen goes, the defensive ones, they'll be figured out a little bit later in camp. Who adjusts to the physicality, things like that. Who can rush the passer? Jaden Jones and Jalen Samuels are two uh, that I'll highlight there that have really impressed. Uh, and if they can get after the quarterback, whoever can get after the quarterback is going to see the field this year, Jay Bell has really uh, jacked up his weight. Uh, looks like he's poised to contribute. Um, you know, I think you see maybe uh, some of these guys contribute on special teams, but Isaiah and Wokabia could factor in right away. Roderick Daniels could factor in right away. Um, both Monte Dawson and Brandon Epton sure look the part. Um, and then outside of the obvious Preston Stone. And then when you look at some of these redshirt guys, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure uh, who from the red shirt group could really emerge outside of a Jay Bell who, you know, was kind of a gray shirt. Um, just because it, it kind of feels like, you know, for the most part, um, these, these, these freshmen are, are making names for themselves. Um, but Carl Taylor is one that could really emerge, um, in the safety spot. If he can be healthy, uh, there's been some positivity around his game as of late. So, um, you know, I would think uh, those are some of the names to kind of watch right now. Hoop Junkie asks, estimated timeline to name a starting quarterback so he gets enough reps prior to the first game. Any chance we rotate quarterbacks through non-conference? Um, I personally hate that idea, but have heard it mentioned. Uh, I don't know a timeline, quite honestly. Um, you know, SMU didn't really name a starter until uh, the week of the North Texas game with Shane Bouchelle, if I have my or Arkansas State game with Shane Bouchelle. Um, and, uh, kind of went with that. 
So if you're going to name a starter and get him reps with the ones, I would think, you know, game week. Um, I think they could divvy up the reps a little bit, um, uh, weigh them towards one quarterback, you know, later in camp or one or two quarterbacks later in camp and then and then them battle it out. I could see all three playing against Abilene Christian. Um, depending on how the North Texas game goes, I could see guys rotating. Um, I don't like that idea either, but I do think uh, in this situation, uh, there's the potential to do that. Um, but I, I, I think they're going to eventually name a starter probably that week of that Abilene Christian game and kind of roll with that and see how it goes. 82 Pony asks, what's the status of Stefan Wright? Will he be eligible this season after missing the transfer cutoff date? Um, Stephon Wright, if you haven't been subscribed to Pony Stampede, is an Arizona State transfer that SMU is in on. Uh, he's expected to be at SMU, and um, we'll see if he's eligible. He, like you said, it transferred after the cutoff date. Uh, they have not announced him. He's not on the roster that I saw, so I can't really even kind of pulse compliance on that because um, they're not working on paperwork if he's not in school. Um, and, and you can't pulse really anybody on it because if they're, if he's not in school yet, he's not working on paperwork. So, um, we'll see. That's, uh, kind of the best answer I've got for you, but this is his first transfer. And if the NCAA is approving transfers, you know, to play right away, if they transfer for the first time, even though he's after the cutoff date, my personal opinion is he, he should be allowed. Cheese Pony asks, is the new look offensive line going to be nasty and dominating the line of scrimmage? similar to BYU's last year, or am I overselling my mind with my heart? Um, I think they're going to be a lot better um, just from having that offseason. And some of these guys that they're getting in in certain spots, you know, let's say Branson Hickman, you know, personally, if he gets in there, he's been tremendous. He's been physical. He's been nasty. Um, I, I think he upgrades you in that position uh, as far as that part of his game. Marcus Bryant, uh, if he finishes up coming into his own, he's 300 pounds. He's 305, I think. You know, he's got a chance to be nasty, but he is still a, a work in progress, um, in my opinion. You know, just from what I've seen, he we've only seen him bulk up. We saw him a little bit in spring, and then he was out for a bit. Um, so we'll have to see how he looks in fall camp. And then Justin Osborne, Thalen Robinson, guys like that could upgrade the nasty and uh, all of that. Uh, and if that happens, you know, I think they c can move the line of scrimmage much better than they have in the past. Ed Tiv four asks, uh, are there any position groups who might not be viewed as being near the top level, like wide receiver that could break through to really take this team to the next level? I, I would think corner. I mean, you look at the depth there, Armani Johnson's played a lot of football. He's been good. Brandon Crosley, Jahari Rogers is talented. Brian Massey's talented. Bryce McMorris is talented. Uh, that group could break through. Um, the offensive line could break through. And uh, I'll roll with the running backs. You know, they, they've got some talent. If TJ McDaniel's healthy, Trey Siggers has gotten rave reviews. Ulysses Bentley is expected to do some good things. So I could see some of those groups breaking through. Lucky Lax asks, what is the status going into camp of players with injuries that may either slow their development or playing time? Um, honestly, I haven't. I haven't heard of any. I mean, granted, we'll probably see day one, you know, some guys in uh, red, potentially, you know, uh, Richard Moore was out for much of the spring, but came back. Turner Cox was out for much of the spring. Um, so where are they at? Um, but those are older guys that have played a lot of football. We'll see kind of who's nursing 
injuries. I don't, I don't, uh, don't really know, you know, coming off, off of uh, summer workouts, you hope everyone's healthy. Um, I know Branson Hickman's back and ready to go. He missed a lot of, uh, the end of spring. So we will see, uh, kind of how the injury front goes. We're not really allowed to report too much. So just kind of read between the lines in a way or ask if there are guys that we're not mentioning at all, uh, in these practice reports, that's probably the best way to do it. If you're a subscriber. Pony Snob asks, does Ben Redding make any contributions at the tight end spot this year, or is he a special teams contributor as he finishes out his career? I'm going to probably lean towards being a special teams contributor, but I will say he was brought up to me as a guy that has had a really good summer. Uh, they think he can contribute offensively. Uh, he's He's got the the speed, you know, it's just putting it all together, I guess. Um so uh, right now I'm just going to lean on special teams just because I haven't seen anything from him to make me think he'll break through offensively just yet. Um, got a funny question from Whiskey Pony that I can't read, so check it out on the board if you want. Jay Leopold asks, uh, I can't help but think of Coach Meyer who talked about using the first couple games as scrimmages. Considering SMU plays ACU, what do you think of our approach? What do you think our approach will be, especially with all the transfers coming in? I think they're going to focus on winning the game. And, and you know, as cliche as that is, that's kind of how they roll uh, at SMU. They have uh, completely prioritized, you know, building a depth chart. Uh, the guys that are ones are going to play. Um, hopefully they can get other guys in. Uh, that's something that in the past Sonny Dykes has wanted to do more of. And then, you know, the depth, the bottom third, as he calls it, hasn't produced. So, you know, they're going to focus on winning the game, getting that under control, and then go from there. And then, uh, you know, with uh, the transfers, you know, you want to get their feet wet as well. Um, so we'll, we'll find out kind of how they approach some of those guys. But again, it just kind of depends on the depth chart. Last one for you guys, soccer. Uh, soccer CPTN asks, do you think of anyone at the boundary outside linebacker position can develop and become a real difference maker? IMHO, that is the difference between our defense being okay this year and great. Personally, I think down the line, you look at Jaden Jones and Jalen Samuels to, to develop. Um, I've heard Devere Levelston could play a stand-up role a little bit. Um, I've, I've circled Nelson Paul for a while as a guy that, uh, after breaking out kind of as a true freshman, can do the same um, eventually. But... Um, Another one to watch is Jay Bell. You know, it seems like his body's ready to go. And if he can do that and, 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 and put together, you know, a strong offseason, he's set himself up to at least, you know, compete at a high level at that spot. So those are kind of the guys to watch, I think, as far as breaking out, as far as difference makers. The, the rest of them, they're veterans, and I kind of think they are who they are. But, you know, just ho you hope that those guys have taken just steps forward and improved as best they can. Um, you know, and, and, and find some, you know, maybe a late breakout player like Delonte Scott did late in his career. Uh, that would be kind of the goal. So with that, guys, that wraps up this Q&A edition of the podcast. We will uh, update you guys next week on how things are going in fall camp for the Mustangs. Be sure to keep it locked on PonyStampede.com for all the latest uh, on the Mustangs and how fall camp is going. Again, just subscribe for a dollar to get the VIP scoop from practice. So with that, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the pod and we'll catch you later. It was a very
very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.